Welcome to the Reframing Eye Care Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Maria Sampalis. I have Dr. Rich Driscoll with us today. We are going to talk about commercial real estate and why it's important for, for you to invest and grow your portfolio as an optometrist. Welcome, Richard. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Um, for those of you that do not know um, Rich, he is an optometrist, an author, an avid commercial real estate investor, graduated from uh, Illinois College of Optometry and specializes in contact lenses, two locations in, in Dallas, Texas. And, um, you know, he's always been interested in real estate uh, as a long term investment and strategy and a way to stabilize his portfolio and long term passive income. And, you know, tax advantages. I think a lot of us as optometrists need tax advantages. And, he, you know, he brings two decades of experience to the table uh, today with a portfolio of 500 apartment units, uh, in addition to owning buildings where he practices, which I think is very important for optometrists. And he's very passionate about empowering, you know, physicians and, you know, helping them diversify their income and investments as well. Um, so, Welcome to the podcast, and uh, thank you for taking the time to share your knowledge. Thank you very much for having me. This is great. Love to talk about this stuff. So tell us why you know, we should invest in other things than just the stock market. Uh, then, you know, the stock market has been our traditional way of, of investing our money and trying to prepare for retirement and, and you know, things after practice. But it, it goes up and down. It has a lot of volatility to it. So we need to smooth that out with other income streams and uh, commercial real estate is a, a good one to, to do stuff like that. You know, there's tax advantages and, and lots of things that help uh, smooth out the flow and, and improve your income and just uh, for better uh, wealth creation. Yeah. So it, it helps uh, smooth out your, your portfolio. What are some different types of commercial real estate that, you know, someone might want to consider investing in? Uh, there's there's quite a few, um, you know, for us as, as optometrists, the first thing we would probably start would be our own practice, you know, having a um, single freestanding building, we might have a little extra leasing space for uh, a tenant or two with us, you know, that's how most of us would probably start. And, uh, but then, you know, up from there, there might be like a strip center, you know, where there might be a, a hair salon, nail salon, dry cleaners, and, and a, an optometry office in it, you know, I might have three, four, five uh businesses all on the line. So that would be another common thing. Um, multifamily or you known as apartment would be another another option where uh, it's a good thing where you can do it more passively. So we're not actively you know, involved with the tenants leasing and stuff ourselves. Those, those investments are to where it's a pool of a bunch of uh, uh, people pool their money together and, and they can get professional management that way. So it's more passive. Yeah. But uh, I had a yeah. I had an optometrist on the podcast maybe about a year ago or a year and a half ago. And, and what she would do is she'd buy small, um, you know, um, houses and, mm -hmm. and single family houses. And, and she was in the Midwest. So the price is a lot different than the East Coast. Mm -hmm. And she's done very well with doing that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she had her goal of 10 properties, um, but she didn't need a lot of money to do so. Um, does it take millions of dollars to invest in, in like commercial real estate? Yeah, it depends. If you're doing your own building, you know, your a building might be, you know, 800,000, 1.5 million, kind of depends what part of the country you're in. So it can, there if it's your own building, but a lot of times we'll pool money together. And so it might be, you know, from other people. So the, the minimum investment might be 50,000 or 100,000. So, so no, not necessarily. Okay. Excellent. 
Excellent. Yeah. So that's something for, you know, optometrists that are looking mm-hmm. to, you know, help with that. But, you know, there's tax advantages in this. So what can we expect when, you know, we invest in commercial real estate for tax advantages? Well, you know, I'm, I'm not an accountant, but, but, you know, doing this and you talk to your accountants and lawyers and stuff, you kind of learn some things. And, um, and that's a big part of the, of the an attractive part of, of real estate investing is actually how the top 1%, you know, kind of don't pay much in taxes because they, they get tax benefits from real estate and things like that. So what often happens is uh, you, you can get uh, uh, depreciation from, from your, uh, in, from the, from the investment say you, uh, you know, the roof or the carpet, things like that depreciate at different rates. And so you can take that depreciation and apply it towards passive income, you know, passive income gains that you might have. And so, you know, you might get 40 or 50% of your, what you paid back in uh, uh, tax benefits. What if, what if like, you know, I invested and then I need money at the end of the year? Um, How do I cash out like, how do, how do I do that with real estate yeah. like stocks? Real estate is not very liquid. So it's more of a long-term investment. You know, if you out, say you own your own, you know, building here, optometrist own your own building, you might be able to sell that say in, you know, 90 days, six like that and get out. But if, if you're in a syndication, like with a bunch of other people, you might have less control over your exit plan. There's not a lot of, there's not really a easy way to, to go in and someone buy it from you right away. So those are less liquid. You know, those might be three to six year investment. So, so you have to keep that in mind and put money in there. You might need for a while. Yeah. So real estate's the long term. And I think real estate always yes. usually goes up. In yeah, general. I think people, people realize that, I think. Yeah. And I think during COVID, like with the prices going up very high, a lot of them that bought them recent try to flip them quick. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've heard of people doing that. What does that entail? And you know what? What maybe maybe a young optometrist that's handy uh, might want to do with that. You know, like it, that's kind of like you're talking about flipping houses. Yeah, yeah, flipping houses is a is a good way to get started in it. It's a little more active an investment, you know, because uh, you're you're you know dealing with multiple tenants. You might have four or five houses or some. I don't know some people have twenty, um, but uh, so you're it's it's more it can be more of a full time thing and it takes more time to do, but. It, it is a very good way of getting in there and you have, you know, multi, again, multiple income streams. Um, one thing with flipping houses, there's, you're using your own credit there to do it. Those are usually uh, recourse loans, meaning you're on the hook for it. Whereas if it's a, if it's a, the a multiple uh, or a larger real estate investment, it, it stands on its own and the bank looks at as a business. And that business is used as the equity to secure the loan. So there's no recourse. So you're the investors usually not on the hook for it. So multifamily, it'd be something like that. Whereas where you'd be a non-recourse loan, because there's it's a it's a big investment. But when you look at uh, something like a uh, flipping houses, each of those houses you're on the hook for each of those notes. So you might only be able to do maybe five or ten houses, depending on how much credit you have. Yeah, you know, commercial when when. You know, people think commercial is their practice and, you know, renting out to businesses, but it's also apartment complexes, multi family. If, you know, if you're not living there, that's a, that's a business, right? That's a commercial. Pro- what does that look like? And what's the typical, what does it look like to invest in these things and typical life cycle of, of these investments? That that's a, you know, it's a, it's, it's run as pretty much like a, you know, small business. So when, uh, when you do something like that, the bank, 
will require you to have professional management and things like that. So it's a little more hands-off where, where you would manage the managers, essentially. Someone on site that uh, takes care of the deal with the attendants, things like that. And so typically what happened is uh, um, you'd go find a deal. There's, there's someone, you know, that's like a general partner, someone that knows how to do these things. We'll go find the deal. Uh, they have to uh, then, you know, underwrite the deal check it does this deal work do the numbers really work on this deal do we think we can execute our business plan and make some money here or not if that works you they submit an offer you know that you know takes a little bit of time uh so out of maybe if you underwrite maybe 100 deals maybe only two or three are actually successful that submitted you actually you know go and buy once they offer is accepted they'll do some due diligence make sure all the numbers that you were given are actually in fact true and, you know, so they have to just verify the deal, basically, kind of like a bank would. Uh, if we did a loan with a bank, they'd underwrite it, make sure everything we showed them was true. Or if we were to sell our practice, something like that. Then they do closing, you know, and then you start to execute on the business plan. So which basically would entail, uh, you know, improve the operations, add value to the property. Uh, you might go and, you know, get new countertops in there, painting, make it better. I mean, you make it better for people, more people want to live there. So the rent goes up a little bit. And then when that happens, um, then you can typically go and uh, refinance it. And a lot of times when you refinance it, they'll take cash out and distribute that to the partners, which, you know, the, the investor would be the partners. And uh, then they can also do something. Uh, they go and assess the taxes on things. And that's where the tax part comes in. Yeah. When you go in and put in the new carpets, all those things, those appreciate at different rates. And, and you can use that against your taxes for passive losses. And then uh, once it, you know, once it's time to refinance, you know, if, if uh, as a practice is worth more or the, the uh, commercial building is worth more, you can uh, refinance it or they might just exit right then. And that might take like three years to get to that point. And if they refinance it, you keep it for a little longer and then say at five or six years, they probably look to sell. Or sometimes they might decide it's a good investment. You know, they're getting monthly distributions and they decide to keep it and for, for longer. That's so, kind of the rough life cycle. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, you know, investments, some some doctors might, you know, consider multifamily if they're employed. They, they don't want, you know, and then commercial real estate um, sometimes might be some other forte for other optometrists. But tell us how that's changed, you think, over the years now with COVID and people working from home and why might someone might pick a multifamily unit versus over commercial real estate, um, such as like a high rise or a strip center? Yeah, that's a good question. And, you know, the things have changed. A lot more people doing things from home these days. I mean, I don't know. It, you probably see it too. You just ask people where you work. I work from home. I and mean, it's so common now people working from home. So commercial buildings like uh, are, are sometimes a little bit less attractive. I think that like the buildings we would be in, like a, uh, uh, stand-up buildings, you know, freestanding, where there's a building like a dentist or an accountant or or us in there, you know, those are probably a little safer investments these days with people working from home. I think the biggest threat would be like the high rises, you know, where people are less likely to want to drive downtown to, you know, to go to work or they might just do it two or three days a week. So when those leases come up, a lot of those big businesses that are down there might want less space. And so I think, you know, you know, uh, smaller buildings like we would be in are a better investment. 
or multifamily. You know, I think people always need a place to live. And that's one of the things I like about uh, apartment buildings as an investment is people need a place to live in good times and bad. You know, so then there's different levels of apartments. You might have like a class A apartment, like those big, nice high rises. Those do great in good times. You know, people might be spending as much money in one of those as they are in a house, but they like to, you know, turn turnkey. They, they go in, you don't have to worry about the lawn, anything like that. They just go in and, and leave. Uh, the class B apartments where I find is better investments. They do well in both good and bad times. People that are in uh, times are good. They're in class A. Uh, and then, and the people that are in the, the lower, like the class C apartments move up to the B, you know, and then in a bad time, the people in the class A apartments decide, I don't want to spend, you know, $4,000 a month. I want to, you know, spend $2,000 a month. They go back to the class B apartment. So there's a level of apartments there I think are um, safer to be in. And, and it's, uh, it's more diversified. You know, you have, might have a hundred units. And so if, if you lose a tenant in an apartment, you know, it's one out of a hundred or two out of a hundred. Whereas if you have a strip center or, a, or we have like a, uh, our commercial commercial building, we might have two or three tenants. You lose a tenant, one of your three tenants, your income is down by you know, 33%. So that's why multifamily I find is a safer, uh, safer investment in that way in, in good times and bad. And you can also hire professional management. You have to, so there's just not quite as actively managed as say, if we had a, uh, our commercial building that we have our practice in have a few tenants that's you have to it takes a little more time to manage it's not a lot but it does take more time yeah so so our doctor that wants to invest how do they know what's worth investing right how do you know where where it is they every time in real estate they say location 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 right mm-hmm. and then also how do you find good deals in this kind of economy and you know people outbidding not you know paying cash and 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 all this type of environment right now, high interest rates, how, how do we know what's a good deal? That's a really, really good question. Um, you know, one thing, I mean, I, I do uh, uh, the newsletter and things like that, uh, teaching you know, my fellow optometrists and, and friends, you know, how, how we do this, how you pick out a, a good deal and stuff. But you have to kind of underwrite the deal yourself too. You have to look at location and things like that. And, you know, if a, if a, a deal comes up for an apartment in, some place you'd never heard of it, you know, do a lot of people live there? Would you want to live there? You know, just like anything else, you got to look at it as a, is there a lot of crime there, you know, and, and sometimes there's places might be close and might even be able to drive by yourself and check it out, you know? So again, it's just location, you know, what type of uh, uh, area is it? What kind where do the people work? You know, is it, is there a military base there? That might be good. It might not. Is it a college town, you know, or if it's a college town, it might be, um, a lot more damage might happen, you know, and, and it's, it's a little, you know, more upkeep, things like that. So you just have to look at like, like anything else. Um, but also, um, you know, when you, uh, there might be a, a group that kind of gives you, it kind of does a pre-screening for you and kind of gives you an idea and kind of guides you through the process. And so that's, that's helpful too. So it's kind Has of- it been helpful to look at like um, Zillow, when I've looked at real estate, it's also like school grade and, and then, you know, how much other properties have been sold over the last, or how much, how long they've been on the market for. I think it is. You can actually use Zillow to look at apartments. Um, it's also helpful. You can look on there and see how much people are paying for rent, you know, and, and in yeah. some cases, like in my area, Dallas-Fort Worth, um, like a class A apartment's going for three, $4,000, whereas uh, like a class B might be 2000 you know, 2500 for 
two, three bedrooms. So yeah, it does help. So you can compare it that to houses and see if, you know, are they similar? You know, can you, can you get the rents that people are expecting? And when you'll get a, a, um, uh, offering memorandum, you know, that says, you know, that we expect rents to be this, we can move them up to this, you know, and go look on Zillow and see, you know, you can actually look on, on, Z on Zillow or apartments.com and look on there and see what the apartment's rated at, you know, uh, well, you got to make sure they can pay for it too in this economy. I mean, exactly. yeah, you could say, yes. right. Yeah, and I think, sure. I think also I, I've read somewhere it's like the 1% rule. If you buy something at 300,000, the rent should, you should be able to get the rent at 25, 3,000 a month. Is that correct? Uh, you mean on uh, like an apartment complex? Well, uh, uh, real estate. Oh, I'm sure they're different apartment versus yeah, regular real yeah. estate. Yeah. yeah. I think for, for commercial buildings and stuff, I think um, LoopNet might is kind of better to look at for, uh, um, rents and, and it goes okay. Say we want to buy land or something like that. You, you can go on LoopNet and get an idea of what rents are. Um, you know, say a doctor's rent, their lease is coming up. Then we'll see, you know, what's the cost down the street if I were to move. You know, they can go to LoopNet and search, yeah. and uh, that, that's a really good place to find out for commercial real estate of all kinds. Uh, how much it costs, what's the going rate, things like that. Okay. All right. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast and shedding some light on this. I think it'd be very helpful for, you know, the listeners of this podcast and uh, help diversify their portfolio, especially with the way things are changing in, in, in the economy and in our industry and hope that, you know, optometrists can retire successfully, you know, and uh, if someone wanted to contact you, do you have an email address that they can uh, contact you at? Yeah. Email is rich at providers capital com, So it's R-I-C-H at providerscapital.com. So. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Right. Thank you very much. Bye.